Well, hello there, Dr. Nicole here. I am thrilled to share something incredible with you today. Imagine having a treasure trove of informative, entertaining, and empowering video content about the journey to parenthood right at your fingertips. That's exactly what you get with Informed Pregnancy Plus. For less than 25 cents a day, you'll gain access to a vast subscription library filled with documentary films, web series, mind and body fitness programs, workshops, and courses covering fertility to parenting and everything in between. A few of my favorite titles are The Business of Being Born, Empowered Mama, Belly Dance for Birth, Ease into Sleep, The Afterbirth Plan, and The Core Connection. And here's the best part. For a limited time, you can gain full access absolutely free. Just visit informedpregnancy.tv to sign up. Get Informed Pregnancy Plus right now for your informed and empowered parenting journey, all from the comfort of your home. Visit informedpregnancy.tv. Again, that's informedpregnancy.tv. Back in the day when my girls were born, it was not easy to share photos and videos with loved ones, but you have a fantastic option available, the Family Album app. The Family Album app was created in 2015 and has operated in the long term to give parents a secure and easy way to share photos and videos with loved ones. It's a totally secure personal haven for your family's memories. I love that there's no third-party ads, no unwanted eyes. Now, let me share some of the great features that make the Family Album app a go-to app. First off, the app automatically sorts photos and videos by month, allowing you to swipe back in time and see how your child has grown. No more scrolling through endless feeds or searching through folders. Another cool feature about the Family Album app is you can order eight free photo prints every month to be delivered to your home. It's really nice to have some tangible pictures to hold onto or share to document each month of your baby's life. Plus, the Family Album app has unlimited storage and it is totally free. Yes, you heard that right. No more worrying about running out of space or being bombarded by ads when you're just trying to relive those heartwarming moments. So if you are still trying to use other messaging apps for your kids' photos, it is time to level up your family photo game with a free photo sharing app. Head over to the App Store today, search Family Album, it's all one word, download the app and start creating a legacy of love one photo at a time. In this episode, you are going to learn some tips for having an unmedicated hospital birth. Welcome to the All About Pregnancy and Birth podcast. I'm Dr. Nicole Calloway-Rankins, a board-certified OBGYN who's been in practice for nearly 15 years. I've had the privilege of helping over 1,000 babies into this world, and I'm here to help you be calm, confident, and empowered to have a beautiful pregnancy and birth. Quick note, this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not a substitute for medical advice. Check out the full disclaimer at drnicolerankins.com forward slash disclaimer. Now let's get to it. 
Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. This is episode number 160. Thank you for being here with me today. In today's episode, you are going to learn nine tips for having an unmedicated hospital birth. This is an episode that I actually initially did over three years ago. It was one of the first episodes of the podcast. And from time to time, I like to go back and revisit older episodes as new information comes out or I learn new things or I grow in the way that I practice. So we are revisiting those nine tips today with some additional tidbits of advice. Now, before we get into the episode, let me do a listener shout out. This is to MEH512 and the title of the review says informed and prepared for a complicated birth. And the review says, I loved Dr. Rankin's podcast. She prepared me for a complicated birth, including a 20-hour labor, forceps, meconium aspiration, and NICU stay in postpartum depression. Because I listened to her podcast, I was informed and prepared for all of those things. I don't know how I would have gotten through it if it weren't for her. Well, first off, I am sorry that you had a difficult experience and had to have all of those complications. But I do appreciate you taking the time to let me know that listening to the podcast helped you through those difficult circumstances, and I hope everything is well now. Now, this brings up the fact that birth is an unpredictable process, and you really want to be prepared for the possible curveballs that come your way. No one can plan birth. You can't plan birth. Your doctor can't plan birth. Your baby has the most control over the birth process and they don't tell us their plans. But there are some things that you can control about birth, especially how prepared you are with information. So although you can't plan it, you certainly can be prepared for it. And that is what childbirth education will do. If you want unbiased, evidence-based childbirth education. You can do it from the comfort of your own home, on the couch, in your PJs, with your partner, watch it on your TV. Then do check out the birth preparation course. That is my online childbirth education class that'll get you calm, confident, and empowered for your birth. Check out all the details of the birth preparation course at drnicolerankins.com forward slash enroll. All right, so let's get into the episode with tips for an unmedicated birth. So the first thing I want to talk about is why do I say unmedicated instead of natural? A lot of people say natural childbirth or natural birth, and that's a common term. But the reason that I say unmedicated is because that's what it is. People are talking about having birth or giving birth rather without an epidural or even without any medication at all. So it really is unmedicated birth. And also All birth is natural. Procreation, continuing our species, all of that is natural. The way that you manage pain during your labor doesn't affect whether or not that birth is natural or not. It's still a natural process regardless of how you manage pain and also regardless of how your baby gets here. Some people also say the term natural and what they mean is vaginal birth, even vaginal with an epidural. But really all birth is natural and we call things what they are. So we know that we're all talking about the same thing. So vaginal birth, unmedicated birth. I'm going to be talking about unmedicated vaginal birth in the hospital in this episode. Okay. All right. Let's get into it. 
So the first tip is what is your motivation for having an unmedicated birth? Do you want an unmedicated birth because it seems to be the popular thing to do? Do you want an unmedicated birth because you have beliefs about women who do not use pain medication in labor, like somehow they are stronger? Do you have certain beliefs about women who do use pain medication in labor, like somehow they are weaker? Is your decision being influenced by people around you? Like, is your mother or your sister or a friend saying, you better not get that epidural because of X, Y, and Z reason? I want you to be clear on the motivation for an unmedicated birth and that it is your decision to make, okay? You may seek the opinion of others, but it is ultimately your choice. And there's no right or wrong answer to this. Don't let a blog or a friend or an Instagram post make that decision for you. It can help you in your decision-making process, but the decision is ultimately yours. Because know that things like your strength are not determined by how you manage pain and labor. Now, don't get me wrong. Having an unmedicated birth takes a tremendous amount of strength. But if you choose to give birth with medication, that doesn't mean that you aren't strong. Like how you manage pain and labor is not the single determinant of your strength as a human being, as a woman. Okay. You are strong regardless of how you choose to manage pain and labor. So really just take a step back and think about why you want to have this unmedicated birth and if it's really something that you want for yourself. When it's something that you want for yourself, that's how you're gonna set yourself up for the best chances of success. Okay, number two, what is your level of commitment to having an unmedicated birth? Do you mean that you want an unmedicated birth as long as it's not too difficult? You just kind of want to play it by ear and see how things go? Or do you mean that you are ready to dig deep and scrape the bottom of your soul to give everything in you because you really, really want an unmedicated birth? There's no right or wrong answer to this. The point for this question is that your level of commitment becomes important if or when, I should even say, your labor potentially gets tough. Will you be okay with, you know what, I went as long as I could, I'm gonna get an epidural and I'm cool? Or will you need your support people, whether that's your partner or doula or even the nurse or your doctor to help you push through because it's so important to you and remind you that this is something that you really, really wanted to do. Because actually, sometimes that support when you're in those difficult circumstances that push that encouragement to keep going forward can be just what you need to get you over the hump, to get you over that little speed bump. So that is, can be really important to have the people around you supporting you. So that's why I need you to think about it. Let the people know so they can assist you accordingly because it really can make a difference. All right, number three. Unmedicated birth generally requires preparation. Now, there are some people, a few people who come in and they just have a baby and it's not 
perceived by them as being particularly painful, I would say that that is the exception rather than the rule. I can count on one or two hands the number of times that I have seen that throughout my 15 plus years of practicing. So it is unusual for folks to come in and be like, I didn't do anything and I'm just going to cruise through and have this baby without any medication and they haven't prepared for it. Okay. So Unmedicated birth generally requires some preparation. Now, the level of preparation will vary, all right? You may need to read some books, and that's okay with you, and watch a few YouTube videos, or maybe you take a class that is specifically geared towards unmedicated birth You like because you want a really organized and structured approach to it. You have to do what you believe works best for you, but know that you do need to do something to prepare. Because what happens if you don't prepare and you don't have an idea of what to expect with an unmedicated birth, the pain can quickly become overwhelming. And when you are in the hospital and it becomes overwhelming, it's really easy to reach for that epidural, even if that's something that you weren't initially planning to do. So if you want to give birth without medication, be sure to prepare. You also want to know what your options are for managing pain. You need to know the whole gamut of options so that you can plan accordingly. So there's options for managing pain that don't involve medication like hydrotherapy, movement and positions, hypnosis. Those are all ways that folks commonly manage pain. Having a doula can help as well. Um, Massage, affirmations. Uh, These are things that I talk about in my uh, free guide on how to manage pain and labor. You can grab that at drnicolerankins.com forward slash pain. But you want to think through what the options are because there's also nitrous oxide, which is an inhaled gas, and people don't necessarily consider that like in the spectrum of the same as an epidural, but it's not exactly quite the same as unmedicated because it is medication, but you may feel comfortable with nitrous oxide. Also, you may feel comfortable using IV pain medication. Typically, that's going to be narcotics, and I talk about that in that guide as well when when those can be used and when there's a um, good idea, circumstances, risk benefits, all that good, great stuff. So you may feel comfortable using IV pain medication, but still don't necessarily want the epidural. So that's where that preparation is going to be key to help you know what your options are and then plan accordingly and have all of those tools in your tool bag for managing pain and you can have them right there when you need them. Did you know that 95% of pregnant women are not getting their recommended daily intake of key omega-3s? Enter Ritual, their prenatal contains 350 milligrams of eco-friendly vegan omega-3 DHA in every serving. One of the reasons I like Ritual is that it's a female-founded B Corp, meaning they are holding themselves accountable to not just their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. 
In addition to those omega-3 DHAs to support baby's brain development, Ritual also has choline and methylated folate to support baby's neural tube development. And the capsules feature a delayed release design to help make it gentle on an empty stomach. Why settle for a multivitamin you're not 100% sure about? Ritual was literally built on trust, so you know it's the real deal. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com forward slash Dr. Nicole. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women Prenatal to your subscription today. That's ritual.com forward slash Dr. Nicole for 25% off. All right. Tip number four is to stay at home as long as possible. And I actually recommend this for everyone who is having a baby to stay at home as long as possible. That is, I I, I should say I recommend it for anyone who wants to limit the amount of interventions that happen. Definitely stay at home as long as possible. So when I say stay at home as long as possible, by that I mean your contractions need to be five minutes apart or less All of the contractions need to be strong enough that you're having to work to manage them. And it needs to be for at least two hours that you are doing that before you go to the hospital. Now, of course, there are going to be some caveats to that. If you live a long distance away, then it may be one hour. And I'm talking about for your first baby, especially. Um, But typically you can wait for two hours. And by working to manage them, I mean that you have to stop. You can't talk through it. All you can do is focus on getting through the contraction. Okay. And I'll be honest, especially for first time moms, a lot of folks see that, or they experience contractions that are in the early part of labor. And they're like, oh yeah, this is definitely it. And then as labor gets going and the contractions ramp up in intensity, then it's like, okay, this is what you meant. So you really need to be at the like, oh my goodness, this is very intense stage for two hours before you go to the hospital. And if your contractions are sometimes five minutes apart, sometimes eight minutes apart, it's not time. If they're irregular, it's not time. If they're sometimes strong, sometimes not, it's generally not time, especially for your first baby. See, if you go to the hospital too early, then you may get sent home, which is actually good if you want to do a low intervention birth. Or if you go to the hospital too early, you may be offered interventions like Pitocin or breaking your water to help get things going. Or you may be offered pain medication. And not that those things are inherently bad, but if you want an unmedicated birth, you generally want to limit intervention. So to have the best chance of having labor unfold on its own with minimal intervention, stay at home as long as you can. You'll also be more comfortable at home in those that early part of labor, where which can last quite some time, actually, depending on how the labor goes. And you're going to be more comfortable at home where you can move in your own space and all of those good, great things. Now, I know there's always that thing in the back of people's mind where people are worried that, oh my God, I'm going to have my baby in the car if I stay home too long. And I believe that that stems from the myth 
of how TV and movies portray labor, that it's this super fast thing that happens in five minutes, you know, your contractions start and then five minutes later you're at the hospital and five minutes after that baby's out. That is not how labor unfolds. The average active labor is eight hours. And if it's going to be a lot shorter than that, then typically the intensity is going to wrap up fast. And your body is telling you that this is really, really intense. Something is happening. It's going very quickly and I need to go in. All right. You're just not likely to have your baby at home or in the car if you stay home and consistently strong labor for two to three hours. If you stay home until you're in good labor, you're much more likely to be a a good like five or six centimeters when you get to the hospital. And by that point, like you're over halfway there. All right. You're over halfway through your labor process because on the other side of five centimeters, and this is again, things that you can learn in childbirth education, things tend to go faster than from getting from zero to five or six from six to 10 is faster. So you're like over halfway there by the time you get to the hospital. And yes, I know that it does happen that babies are occasionally born in the car or, you know, in the right out in front of the the uh, hospital or things like that. But um, honestly, <laughs> those babies often come so fast and furious. It's not a whole lot that anybody could have done to get to the hospital fast enough. Those babies are just coming, coming, coming. Like it's not that people are sitting at home for hours and hours and hours. It's just that things hit so quickly and those babies come quickly. So again, you are not likely to have your baby in the car. Stay home as long as you can. Now, this is a, uh, where a doula can be a really great resource for you with this. If she's experienced and she knows what a labor woman looks like, sounds like even over the phone. I would say it used to be more frequent that doulas would maybe come to your home in the early part of labor. I'll be honest, I don't see that happen as much. Most often I see that people will, your doula will talk to you on the phone and help you think through what's going on, which is perfectly fine because you can actually tell Uh, or get a sense for how people are managing labor by listening to them going through a contraction. If you go through a contraction and you're still talking and having a conversation, you're probably not in active labor yet. So they can give you an idea of whether or not it's time to go in. A good doula can definitely help you with that. Okie dokie. Tip number five is do not fight the pain in labor, surrender to it. So this can be challenging because pain in our bodies is usually a sign that something is wrong. When you cut yourself, if you break a bone, if anything is happening that is painful in your body, that is usually a sign that something is wrong. So it's counterintuitive to not fight pain when you're in labor but it is so important that you don't fight that pain during labor. And let me explain why. When you are fighting contractions, you are thinking that they are bad and all you want is for that pain to stop. Each contraction when you're fighting it can bring on a sense of panic it can bring on a sense of anxiousness, can bring on a sense of dread. 
This leads to increased tension and tightness in your body and will actually increase your perception of pain. It's going to feel more painful and then that will in turn amplify the dread, the panic, the anxiousness with the next contraction. And when that happens, you can get overwhelmed and start looking for escape routes from that pain. Escape in the hospital is going to mean an epidural. Okay. Now let's contrast that with what happens when you surrender to pain and you work with your body and work through the pain. When you surrender to the contractions, you recognize that this pain, this sensation, what you're feeling in your body, and I know some people like to refer to it as surges or waves or things like that. If you find that helpful for you, that's perfectly fine. But most people will perceive it as pain. But when you recognize, when you surrender to the pain, you recognize that the pain is not the enemy. What you're feeling in that moment has a purpose. And that purpose is to open your body and birth your baby. You understand in that moment that the pain is not permanent. You know that it is not damaging your body, even if it is intense. You know that those contractions are actually a natural part of labor. You understand that the pain that you're feeling is not permanent. You know that it is not damaging your body. Even if it's intense, you are able to flow with the pain and you are are able to accept support to help you cope with it. You find a rhythm for managing the contractions and that will in turn decrease the perception of pain. So don't fight the contractions, surrender to them, work with them. So along with that is number six, which is approach labor one contraction at a time. When you surrender to labor, you take it one contraction at a time. I've had so many people tell me that they didn't realize how much time had passed by during their labor because they were really approaching it one contraction at a time and then get through one, get through the next. You don't want to think about how much labor is left. You don't want to think about how long it's going to take. You get through one contraction and then the next contraction and then the next contraction realizing that each contraction is going to get you closer and closer to meeting your baby. So again, definitely, definitely approach labor as one contraction at a time. Get through that moment, then the next moment, then the next moment, Know that knowing that each moment is bringing you closer to meeting your sweet baby. Hey, so you made it this far in the episode and I'm thinking it's because you enjoyed this podcast. Well, if that's the case, then I have a favor to ask. 
Creating and producing the All About Pregnancy and Birth podcast has been one of the greatest joys of my life. I'm so grateful to have each and every one of you on this journey with me. Your support and engagement means the world to me, and it's what helps keep this podcast going. But here's the thing. Producing a podcast involves time, effort, and resources from recording equipment to an editor, hosting fees, coordinating guests, countless hours spent researching and crafting content. It all adds up. And that's where I could use your support. I've never wanted to turn all about pregnancy and birth into a paywall. I want it to remain accessible to everyone. That's why I've set up a way for you to support the show financially if you're able and willing. If this podcast has helped you during your pregnancy, your birth, or your life, I'm asking you to consider contributing to the show. Your support will help cover production and team costs and ensure that I can continue delivering the episodes you love. So in the month of March, head to drnicolerankins.com forward slash support and contribute whatever you can. Your support, no matter how big or small, makes a significant impact. It helps us continue delivering high quality content and ensures the future of all about pregnancy and birth. Again, that's drnicolerankins.com forward slash support. Thank you so much for being part of the All About Pregnancy and Birth community. Now back to the show. Number seven, request a nurse who has experience caring for women who want an unmedicated birth or at the very least enjoys taking care of women who want an unmedicated birth. Your nurse is the one who is with you during the majority of your labor, not your doctor. This is something that people are sometimes taken aback by, like they see their doctor a couple times during the labor process. That is really, really common in hospital birth. Because you know how when you're in the office in an appointment, and like when you're in the office in an appointment, your doctor may have somebody who's in labor. So they're still like seeing patients and doing things. They really typically come maybe to get you settled in the hospital and then also maybe check once or twice during the labor and then back for the delivery. So your nurse is the one who is with you the most during the majority of your labor. And Having a nurse who is experienced in caring for women who have an unmedicated birth or is at least interested in wants to care for women who are having an unmedicated birth can make such a huge difference. Another thing that people don't realize is that not all labor and delivery nurses like to do unmedicated birth or have any experience in caring for people that are having an unmedicated birth. Like not all nurses like it or do it. And if you have a good nurse, she can help you try different techniques to cope with contractions. She can support you during difficult parts. She can advocate for you if needed. A good labor and delivery nurse who's comfortable with unmedicated birth is going to encourage you to get up. They're going to encourage you to walk around. They're going to offer you to get in the shower. They're going to do different positions with you. They may know things like spinning babies techniques, which will help get the baby in a better position. So definitely ask for a nurse who has experience caring for women who want an unmedicated birth. And along with that, actually, you actually want to know or maybe have a sense you can ask your, your doctor, like, how does the hospital or call up to the hospital and ask, like, how many people give birth there? 
who don't do, you know, who do it without an epidural, you want to be in an, be in an environment where there are people who are comfortable taking care of folks who have an unmedicated birth, because it's just not, um, it's just so much better if you have that nurse and if you have that hospital who is comfortable with those things. Number eight, politely request that no one offers you pain medication, that you will ask for it if you need it. You really want to be in control of the decision to accept pain medication. And you don't want someone in your ear saying like, do you just want to get the epidural? Do you just want to get the epidural? Do you just want to get the epidural? Because that's annoying and it throws you off of your concentration and your game. So tell people that you will ask for pain medicine if you need it. You don't need them to bring it up. Okay. And then the last thing I will say about giving birth without medication in the hospital is that if you change your mind and you decide to use pain medication, if you decide to get an epidural, that is okay. That is okay. There's nothing wrong with that. You are not a failure. You are not weak. You have grown a whole entire human being inside of your body. And that is pretty freaking spectacular. There is nothing that is a failure about that. And how you manage your pain during labor does not take away from that spectacular display of growing a baby. So if you decide that you want to get IV pain medication when you thought you weren't going to do that, that's fine. If you decide that you want an epidural, that's fine. Perfectly okay. If you change your mind, don't beat yourself up. It doesn't say anything about you other than you changed your mind. Okay. Remember how you choose to manage pain and labor is not a reflection on your character or on your being or anything like that. All right. So just to recap those nine tips for an unmedicated birth in the hospital. Number one, Think about what is your motivation for having an unmedicated birth? Make sure it is something that you want to do. Number two, what is your level of commitment to having an unmedicated birth? So you know that you have the right support with you for your goals. Number three, unmedicated birth requires preparation. It is not typical that you can just stroll on into the hospital and have a baby without medication. You gotta be prepared. Number four, Stay at home as long as possible. You want to be in good, strong, active labor by the time you get to the hospital. Number five, don't fight those contractions. Surrender to them and work with them. Number six, approach labor one contraction at a time. Get through one contraction, then the next contraction, then the next contraction. Number seven, request a nurse who has experience caring for women who want an unmedicated birth or at the very least is interested in caring for women who have an unmedicated birth. Yes, it is the case that there are some labor and, de- labor and delivery nurses who don't want to do it. All right. Number eight, politely request that no one offers you pain medication. And number nine, if you change your mind and decide to use an epidural, that is Okay. Now, inside the birth preparation course, I have a whole um, extra lesson on giving birth without medication in the hospital, 
It includes information with more specifics on important questions to ask yourself, questions to ask your doctor, questions to ask about the hospital. You'll learn about the importance of support, some additional powerful tips to rock that unmedicated birth in the hospital. You'll learn how labor induction impacts unmedicated birth. And then tons more detail about medication-free pain management techniques, including a downloadable guide with illustrations, description of techniques you can use. You can check out all the details of the birth preparation course at drnicolerankins.com forward slash enroll. All right. So there you have it. Please do me a favor, share this podcast with a friend if you enjoy it. My goal is to reach and serve as many pregnant folks as possible. And I so would appreciate your help in doing that by having you share the podcast with a friend. Also be sure to subscribe to the podcast in Apple podcast or wherever you're listening to me right now and leave me a review in Apple podcast. I love to hear what you think about the show and I do shout outs from those reviews and come follow me over on Instagram if you want to continue the conversation after the podcast. I'm on Instagram at Dr. Nicole Rankins. Lots of great information there as well. So that is it for this episode. Do come on back next week and remember that you deserve a beautiful pregnancy and birth. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.